When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Hi, guys. We are super duper excited to talk today about all the things that have been going on in the last week. It has been a content rich week, but we've got a lot to cover today. We're super excited because it's as usual, myself, Noor, and I'm with Arthi. Arthi, hi. Hi, Noor. And I was watching TV for Kornacki. I was so worried for him. Oh, I, God. I, that, yeah. I was just watching Steve Kornacki. Steve Korsnacki, as I like to call him. And and we are super excited because we're joined today with a fantastic guest, Mani from Mixing with Mani. If you guys are listening to this, it's because you probably, um, we said somewhere on the internet that we're recording with Mani and then you follow (laughs) Mani and then Mani led you to us. So you guys, she needs no introduction, but she's fantastic. And she's truly one of like, there's a lot of opinions about Bravo from a lot of white girls. And you know what? <laughs> it's a breath of fresh air to have the perspective of a person of color. So Mani, we're so super duper excited to have you on today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into real life news. Hey, did anything exciting happen, Arthi? My big sister, Kamala Harris just was uh, nominated and then got all the words to be the vice president-elect. Yes, super exciting. So we were just talking right before I hit record and Mani said something really great, which is Kamala Harris literally checks off all the boxes within the people on this podcast right now. Yeah, she cleared the bingo card. Like she is the first everything. I mean, I think this is a big win for literally every minority group ever. Um, She's the first Black VP, the first um, South uh, Asian VP, the first Black uh, college graduate VP, the first woman VP. Like She is the first of everything. Everything, Uh, Wow, way to carry the world on your back. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And yeah, I guess Joe Biden's there too. Yeah, right. (laughs) another white Um, man it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine fine. you know it's it's been a relief I've been enjoying it I know that there's a lot of unrest there's some madness happening right now we got people who want to not count count don't know math but um I'm gonna try to focus on staying hopeful because it's not stupid to hope so I'm gonna hold on to it I'm gonna just hope that January comes and things get like a little, little bit it's, better. It's already getting better. We have Salt Lake City Housewives. Yes. But it's already better. See you later, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Okay. I don't ever need to see Beverly Hills on my TV <laughs> again. Unless they do like, well, I say that. I say it. But I don't know if I mean that because Erica is also getting a divorce. So who knows? Maybe I do want to. Way to secure that. her diamond. I mean, that's all I can <laughs> think. I mean, there was so much talk of her getting dethroned, uh, demoted to friend of. And I think that is 
quintessentially not happening now. Like, there's no way that they will allow that to happen as she is getting a divorce. Um, the fact that it's all moving so quickly, that it happened during election, that they were filming during election. Oh my gosh, she is going to stay. She's a staple now for at least two seasons. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because that divorce is not going to happen over one season. I mean, that is going to no, go No, and then they're going to want to follow her about what and happened she, after. How does she live her life after Tom when she's by herself? Right, oh, and she God. didn't She didn't have a prenup either, right? So this is going to not have a prenup. She did not have a prenup. She famously said, you know, even if she did have one, she's married to one of the most powerful lawyers um, in the country uh, historically, so he would have just basically ripped it to shreds in every kind of way. But she is asking for some major dollars, so uh, shout out to her because it's getting messy now. Well, what I want to know is, like, is Tom going to bring in the entire Glam Squad and, like, how much it costs him to maintain that over all these years? Because he could definitely be like, like, you owe me a little bit. For I actually thought 7000 a month was actually... This sounds ridiculous because this would never happen for any regular person who is, like, listening. But yeah. it's that seemed reasonable for yeah. for her for what she said that it costs like it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for her to pr- produce herself and be erica jane and she's used his money largely for so many of her performances and stuff so for her to only ask for seven thousand dollars a month in spousal support which is pretty much only like 84 grand a year so under 100 grand that's not even enough for one hairstylist to stay on payroll the whole year yeah that's not even enough for mikey does this mikey make less than mdk yeah he probably makes about that so who's who's she gonna get rid of yeah 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 and i mean i feel like i i i very very much uh don't love oc but i've watched a little bit of it and we i listened to a lot of recaps of oc so i kind of know what's going on there but didn't shannon like complain that she was only getting ten thousand dollars a month from her ex-husband david so it's like if Shannon fucking Bedore is asking for more than $10,000 a month, then it feels even like Erica asking for 7000 is pretty low. <laughs> I'm saying all this, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't well, know how I mean, rich people it's function. In, it's in spousal, <laughs> so I guess that makes sense because Erica doesn't have any kids with Tom. Oh, true. And You're right. Grown, yeah. So with a job, her kid's a cop, so... Yeah, it feels Ooh. much like this is really truly spousal, but I honestly think that's also kind of fair because she had to have the switch for so many years being married to him, where she was Mrs. Girardi. She deserves mm-hmm. to me a little bit of luxury in that because she, you know, she was this powerful attorney's wife. She hosted the dinner, she did the golf course thing, the country club thing. Like she was that girl for many, many, many years, decades. So I think it's okay to ask for a little bit of change from this yeah. man who had her doing this. I mean, clearly her love is being a showgirl and he's never stifled that, but he also if during the daytime he's like, I need you to be conservative, you know, attorney wife she deserves a little bit of like, okay, well, I put this on hold for very many years and I'm just becoming a showgirl in my forties. I deserve a little extra change. Yeah. 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 And I'm excited about Erica. I, I hope that Erica actually opens up now because it almost felt a little bit like she didn't talk about a lot of her personal stuff because she was tied to this like big time lawyer. So now that that's gone, I she better fucking open up. Cause like, come on, Erica, it's about time. I think I think if you strip if you strip her Erica Jane persona, all you you'll be left with will be a Teddy Mellencamp. She, I don't think she's very interesting. Wow, that mm-hmm. is a those statement. are bold 
That is a bold statement. <laughs> Those are strong words. All right. So, um, so Mani, you were recently made very TV famous. Okay. You were, you were sipping tea at, in a Real Housewives of Potomac episode. I mean, how perfect. It's like, you know, divine intervention that you were literally sipping tea during this like very juicy episode. So, um, so you went to this live podcast, the live podcast that supposedly cost $200,000 to produce. Oh, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know funny. how. I just don't know how because we all pay for our own food. So I don't really understand how. Wait, because oh it's at, it was at a restaurant that has sadly since closed down because of COVID. Um and I mean, my mom only booked the tickets because she just left brunch there like the like three days before. And or she just <laughs> left dinner there like a happy hour there. It was a jazz concert like three days before. And she was like, everyone said, I got to go to brunch. But they have this thing and it said housewives. So I figured you might like it, but I want to go to brunch. <laughs> and oh my so God. She was like, well, do you know these people? And I was like, wait, mom, this is a big deal. What are you talking about? And it was a dream come true to be able to go. We pull up and it's like, um, hi, are y'all here for the live podcast? You have to sign this waiver to be on camera. And I'm like, I will sign everything. Like, get my entire information. Y'all want my cell phone number? What you want? You want my blood type, my social security? What do you need? You want a license? Uh, you can run it. Um, do whatever you got to do, but you will be putting me on that camera. Um, and I mean, every time I saw a camera poised onto a shoulder, I was like, sit up straight. And, smile, <laughs> and, smile. and it, it's so crazy because the two they basically showed two and a half minutes of that entire day and it was four and a half hours long they shot oh so much b-roll i can't believe none of it made but, but wait you paid how much per ticket um i want to say they were like probably like 50 60 bucks a person yeah but and then they you you had to pay for the food on top of that i thought that was what was costing her the money is that she was no, mm -mm. and see that's usually like usually when you go to a live podcast, it's like in seats, right? Because and you can yeah. get sessions and stuff, but it's usually not that expensive because it's just you sitting and like watching. Like it's not really yeah. doing anything. Um, you can get like a couple of drinks or something, but no, it was um full brunch and there was a brunch menu. I don't remember if it was specific to the day or not. Um, and I think that was probably towards the cost of like the minimum uh for her to book the the venue that's what i think is really but even the minimum for the venue the venue was going to make money off of the people eating sure was it sure did so why the venue made two hundred thousand dollars off of her and plus from all of the people that had come there i think she means that she closed down and then they closed down where did the money go I think she means she spent two hundred thousand on the podcast altogether, like over the last couple of years, not just yeah. that one event. Because she threw yeah. more than one event, and she got office space for what reason we don't know. And wow. um, she has she books well, studio she's... in Rockville, um, so she has that studio time. So she's like, I think overall to produce this one podcast, it costs this much, which still doesn't make sense because I started mine for free because I don't have it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, same. Same. So it's just so crazy. But also, you know, she does the flyers. <laughs> she prints out flyers for yeah. digital content. It's amazing. Hundreds of thousands following on social media. You print out the flyers. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Which people but, will make a difference. 
Oh my God. So the thing I want to know, cause I know I listened um, to your, uh, to your episode where you did talk a little bit about the podcast. I know that there's a full recap on Moni's Patreon. So hit that up if you want the full, full. Um, but I did listen to you talk about it with Danny uh, Pellegrino and you mentioned that, yeah, it's four hours and that every table had people sitting that knew Monique personally, which makes me real sad for Monique. Yeah, I think she knew that they were going to film this one. Um, My guess is because they had so many people scheduled to come from the show. Like Karen was scheduled to be on there. Candace was scheduled to be on there. And they needed to have this uh, probably because that was how she was able to stay on because it's at this time the fight had already happened so if no one's going to film with her they're not going to show it so they wouldn't put it up and so everyone that a lot of people that i talk to like when you see me sipping tea it's like i don't know 30 to 40 minutes before the thing actually started and then a large group like an entourage of people go into like this green room type situation that was like right in front of me with all the camera crew it's probably like an eight to ten person crew um, a lot of people, her panel, she had like seven people on the panel, um, including herself and Ashley and all these producers, all these other people, like these extra people who were there and then in that room. And then a few people trickle in and sit down like at our table. All the tables are pushed together. It probably had like a hundred or so people. And then all of those people come out of the green room and fill in the seats. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's how this is going to work. And then there are people at our table because they were like reserved yeah. seats. And so people were at our table and a few of them knew like her from when she used to be like a redskin wife and um, Mm -hmm. they lived in her neighborhood. Like they were talking to two ladies at my table and there was probably eight people total at our table. And when Chris was making rounds, people knew him. Like they were talking to him as if they were like Mm. old friends. Like, oh, hey, Chris. And he was like, oh my God, hi. Like she was making her rounds like, oh my God, hey. Like, and then she had to film with Ashley. That scene where you see them sitting down. I'm directly behind her at that point. You can see me turn around and go, oh shit, there's a camera. (laughs) (laughs) I set up a little straighter. I'm eating toast because it was delicious toast. I remember to this day how good that toast was. It was so Oh, perfect I couldn't believe it and I am just like okay they're filming that and then like another 35 minutes go by and all the seats are completely filled and I would say about between 30 to 40 percent of the people there probably had some connection or knew her the rest were definitely fans but without her people there that she probably looked like hey will you come they def I don't think they would have made it or it was people who did not have they weren't the closest of friends to her because it didn't mm-hmm. feel like a lot of people there were like oh yeah I used to know Monique way back when and they really wanted to like kind of show that they were still close to her or something so they came and paid money for a ticket for an event to show that they were close to their friend yeah yeah and I I that like it kind of adds to this like thing that I feel about Monique which is that she tries way too hard and it's so sad right because I actually think like Monique in her confessionals is really funny. She is absolutely, in my opinion, the most gorgeous woman we have seen on Bravo. Today. Oh, and, and in person. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. And I was with Ashley too. And I oh, could yeah. not believe, and Ashley is gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. She looks great on camera. I think yeah. that's one of the prettiest casts I've ever seen in yes. my life. Like it's insanity yes. to me how they hit the nail on the head every time. But Monique in person is 
breathtaking. Like it's one yeah. of the most flawless looking humans I've ever seen. Yeah. And like, so, you know, Monique, the underlying issues I have with her are, you know, the fact that she kind of seems like an anti-vaxxer. She definitely is saying some shit on Twitter that is very problematic and like borderline QAnon. So like she does these really crazy things, which kind of tell me like how, I don't know. It just, she, she seems like somebody who came into whatever she had too early and she hasn't had time to like refine around it because she's gorgeous. She's got a, her kids are insanely cute, but she has to do this podcast and she has to do this grand podcast and she has to make flyers for the podcast and she needs to like do all these extra things. And it's like, Monique, you could just be Monique. And actually that's more than enough. I blame her team a lot. I'm like, mm-hmm. the staff that she has in this office, A, it doesn't make sense why it was ne- why it's necessary. But also <laughs> fill out the room. If you know how, put out feelers on the social media, have your social media people look it up and see who would want to come. Because whether these people were personally or personally invited by Monique or whether they were people who used to know her, who wanted to be close and wanted to be on tv which is also very possible and they paid money for a ticket they a lot of people had some kind of connection with her she walked in with at least anywhere between 15 to 25 people like that were there that seemed to be able to be in that vip room with her where bravo was filming and i'm like why didn't your staff feel put out feelers for how many people would come or where they would be like just put out a poll on instagram you know who's in the area you know monique is having this thing and hype it up so much that it wasn't just an accident on the 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 restaurant's page that my mama clicked it and was like we were there make it like a big big thing have the restaurant promote it or or get a smaller venue if you have a smaller venue and that's packed pre-COVID, then you look like you did something. Right. Even Karen, when she did the big reveal of her La Dame at Tyson Square Mall, she did it in the mall and she put out feelers and she put it all through uh, social media and Instagram and people were finding about it on the day off and then yeah. still making it to that event. So uh, I think, yeah, you're right. Her, her she, she has a team, but they are not the smartest. Tool yeah. And for people who are getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they are the, really the right people that she should be working right, with. Right, yeah. because it was a good event and it was actually very fun. And it just made me feel like if you're going to have all these heavy hitters of of seven, of uh, seven, uh, five to seven people from major stuff she had some really great people up on that stage and also ashley who was on the stage and she was talking this is right after dean right after we found out about michael like that should have been hyped because we didn't get a lot of information from ashley post this like you know big thing that happened with michael that also happened around the same time and people would have probably loved to be there and know what was happening before get at least any sense of what she's gonna do with this man after he just cheated on her in front of the whole world like we would and that's something i talked about when i recapped that day on my podcast was it did not seem like she had any plans on leaving him and lo and behold she hasn't so it seemed like they just they kind of dropped the ball because this was something that you really could have made fun and made live and i also just think that she needs to rebrand that name is not Mm -hmm. it's very pretentious it's a very pretentious name it's cute but it does seem like it's calling 
people to task. And I'm not a parent and I still would, like, it doesn't feel inclusive. It doesn't feel like you have access to her uh, as a, like a mommy blogger. It feels like if you ever find yourself tired and don't want to have seven arms coming out of your body, don't click here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my issue with Monique is that she is trying too hard to do too much to make a point. And people that do that much to try to make a point and try to make themselves feel like really important, that it's coming from a place of deep insecurity and sadness. Cause you're not doing that for other people. You're doing it for yourself. Right. So it just, it kind of, it, yeah, it's super sad. It kind of made me sad too. This episode when like the way that she found out about everybody going to Portugal, <laughs> it kind of made me sad for her. Cause I'm like, guys, laugh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, and the silver diner. Oh my gosh. Or tuna tartar. Oh my, oh my tuna tartar. I love diner. silver. I go to silver. Yeah. I used to go every <laughs> single weekend. Cause so we lived next door to a silver diner, but the one they went to is the one in Bethesda. It's on the, it, it's on yeah. um, the row. And it's like, I just described today. It's like diner food, but like pretentious. It's like pretentious diner. And it's, it yes. has like good avocado toast and green juices and they put pomegranate it's on the avocado toast and it's very yummy and i was sitting there going mm. i mean if somebody had to let me down nicely that i wasn't going to be invited to a trip that's a great place to do it <laughs> yeah the, the food that they ordered looks so good yeah so we'll talk look, before we get into uh, potomac um i wanted to ask you so who is your absolute favorite person I'm going to limit it to Bravo because I know that you are, um, you're, you're actually to me, my patron saint of uh, Bachelorette because you got me into it this season. So <laughs> that's, for, that's for another day, but on Bravo, who is your absolute most favorite person that you love to watch that, you know, is so fucking problematic, but you love it anyway. That's gonna have to be Bethany. I mean, she's so problematic off the off off camera. And, but it, I mean, if you don't think that she made that show, people really are like, "Oh, I can't stand her." I'm glad she's gone. I'm like, she used to be the most polarizing individual. She mm -hmm. made that show what it was, and for her to be such a standout on a show like New York, where the entire cast is top heavy hitters, they're top heavy, mm -hmm. and she still carried it home. She was always so imperfect that it made it so good to watch because she would speak with such authority and then break out crying and she cried so much for someone who was so like strong-headed she cried all the time and like the, and the, they all gunned at her as if she was this she never claimed herself to be this queen bee it was more the way they regarded her made her that and i think people hate her because they think that she wanted that role and she's like i'm literally not trying to do that i didn't really ask for margaritas to be the reason I'm a millionaire. I didn't ask for that. I literally was just making shit and making vegan stuff when nobody wanted it. And they really hate her for it. And we hate her for it. And she would just start crying. Cause she's like, why are y'all being mean to me? I didn't do anything. Like Dorinda would be Dorinda with the nutcracker and Ramona with the, you don't support other women. And Bethany's like, what are you talking about? We're not friends. Like, yeah, it just was, right. she was just such a good housewife to me. Cause they hated her so much. And, it is it's one of my greatest guilty pleasures is to watch her older seasons especially when she was pre-poor I actually don't think she changed that much I don't find no. her to be that different from when we first met her to how she was when she left I mean other than she constantly was brand placement like that's yeah. the only thing and I'm like go ahead girl she's like I'm never going back to being poor again and I get it 
Yeah. And even her poor was like not poor. She was like yeah. not actually poor, but she did have that scene at the grocery store, which will remain. It was very you know, sad. I mean, her her, her apartment <laughs> with like the first Jason or something like it was very yeah, the oh, dog. Okay. It was very small, and I mean, when we're watching like Manhattan moms and like everyone's rich, they casted her to be the poor girl. They absolutely yes, did, yes. and it was like really cute to see her. And she wasn't even posing; like she wasn't like a, a, a Simon and uh, Alex. She wasn't like trying to act like she had all this money. She knew she didn't have it. And to see her go from being Jill's lap dog and right then she just kind of accepted that. And Jill be like, oh, I'll take care of you. Like, I'll give you money and make you feel good and make you feel important. And for her to kind of like take that to like to to really take it with the grain of salt and then become this entity they really hate her like that Ramona is mad and it makes me laugh so much because Ramona used to really look down on her and now the girl got more money than Ramona yeah I think that's that's the main issue between Ramona and Bethany oh god I love New York I like deeply flawed humans they do a lot of good her actions are good in the rest of the world she's doing so much right now for uh, Hurricane Edda she's like she does a lot of good stuff but she's so deeply flawed and she has so many and inse- then she does that problematic oh stuff she has so many insecurities and then she picks the wrong fights online and she just has so many uh you know wrong takes on stuff you know that is so fascinating <laughs> yeah. for me she's a very fascinating human yeah. that's why i like her anybody who chooses to go on a podcast in october to talk about a song that came out in what fucking july uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like why are you so, why are you got so- to her she's probably yeah like, it's, like, yeah that thing is like hot take i have a i have a hot take about WAP. it's like bitch this, this is sailed we've been past this now everybody has had their take on it please yes. know your space <laughs> like, exactly. yeah i do I do love her as well. That's a. I think she's yeah. She's definitely. For you to phrase it that way, thank you. Because when people ask me like, "Who is your favorite?" I'm like, "Girl, nobody knows. Everybody is so bad that we never know." I like someone today. They piss me off tomorrow, so I have no idea. It's never. I never have one specific specific person. Maybe from a franchise. Maybe dead and gone. But for problematic faves, it's it's got to be Bethany. I think she's really great i mean at second one although she's a little too problematic now it's probably going to be lisa vanderpump i actually thought she did great as a housewife because she was so damn awful so i hate when people are like they're so bad she's awful get her off my screen i'm like she's manipulative that's the point that's what we're watching she's a producer okay yeah like that's great that's what we want set brandy up i'm here for it do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah even brandy even brandy's asking for yes that's how she's on the show (laughs) stick that people magazine in there tell her in front of portia yes say your parents are you know getting a divorce or something in front of portia do it i like that stuff like that's what i'm here for because then the moment that that goes away they're like we need a cash shakeup. We don't know what to do. There's nothing good yeah. happening. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Because we got rid of yeah. everybody problematic. Yeah. It's just um, great. I love Lisa it. Lisa Rinna ruined that franchise. Yeah, yeah. She's doing too much. She doesn't do a good job of being yeah. a subtle, manipulative producer. She's too much of a hustler. And she's, you know, that's not... That's not what we watch uh, Housewives for. Absolutely. I agree. And if I had to answer very quickly, my favorite Bachelor person, it would probably be Rachel Lindsay anyway. I mean, because how can you not? You know what? I can't wait to find out more about that person. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She's the first 
She's the first <laughs> black suitor ever. Oh, oh okay. Um, she was on a season where even the bachelor who she was on was so confused as to why she was there because he's an idiot and she is not. She is a lawyer. Her dad was a federal <laughs> judge. She's from Dallas. It's the first time ever that they announced who the next bachelorette was going to be while the person was still on TV. Like she had not oh, been eliminated oh, yet wow. as from The Bachelor. And they were like, hey, girls, we hear y'all. We hear you saying that she's way too smart for this man. Just know she's going to be the next Bachelorette. And she was still on the show. So we were going to watch The Bachelor that night and see her on the show, not having been kicked oh, off wow. yet. She was like in the final five. And they were like, yeah, we hear you. She's too good. We're just going to, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and uh, make her the actual Bachelorette. And she chose between a man who she absolutely loved who didn't want to get married right away. He didn't want to get engaged right away. He wanted to continue to date after the show. And a man who was going to propose the day of the final show. And let me just say, she is married now. So it worked oh. out. And she's oh, constantly oh, wow. trying to fight the injustice of Bachelor Nation and racism. I mean, she has been vilified for just being who she is. She has talked openly about the sexualization of Tasha and the promos and what it means to be black on this in this in this whole world and the kind of hate she's gotten and they how much they've censored her and she does not stop calling them out and she stays employed. So good shout out to her. She's no longer a lawyer obviously because she's too famous now, but she's amazing. Gorgeous, smart, amazing. Okay, so now I have to watch this too. I ha I have zero interest in the bachelor thing but now you made it so compelling i needed to not i mean i know any i could honestly i could listen to you talk about this forever because it's just so fascinating you really truly did get me into it and now i'm like i want to watch Yay. all of that i want to watch bachelor bachelorette me bachelor in paradise i want all <laughs> of that's when paradise is lit that's how we got Tasha. <laughs> Well, she was on Bachelor, and that she was done dirty there too. They always doing them dirty. Yeah, because I know I don't watch. Do you watch Big Brother? I I don't really watch it. I only watch like a couple mm -hmm. of the celebrity ones. I watched the one where Brandy was on, and I think Candy. And so I've watched a little bit of that, but I know even with that, with Big Brother, we're also seeing a lot more of black women speaking out about the treatment of black people within the Big Brother community and Big Brother as a TV show. I think it's. It's always, hello, it's always the Black women, right? Like, it's always they're the ones that are doing all the fucking work. Yes. It's amazing that there's more of that. And I'm I'm actually really glad that right now on Bravo, the greatest show that everybody is currently talking about is Potomac. Like, as much as it sucks that, like, Candace had to get dragged, it is yes. now, this is now an iconic franchise like it it is now yeah. up there you know with like and who would have thought with the name potomac of all places not yeah that's like nobody in maryland was talking about potomac and now we're talking about potomac i think they just had to like rebrand it you know what i mean because like deeps it was right. so funny is that the housewives of dc cast mm -hmm. were all living in the same places as the potomac ladies mm -hmm. they were all over the place right only like a handful right. of them actually lived in dc and it's the same thing as what's happening with potomac only two of them live in potomac and the rest live all over the place but they couldn't rename it that because that's not what we want we like that's dead and gone it didn't work the fbi was mad or whatever secret <laughs> service got involved and now we need something else but andy loved the area he thought it was just like yeah. i mean how could you not there's so much people get very shocked with how expensive oh, it is yeah. to live there they're like wait right y'all are y'all are tripping like they're it, where the dc is on par with new york yeah. in rent right now yeah it's insanity yes. so of course you're gonna want to like give it to something but what else would we have called it the beltway the road of the beltway <laughs> 
of four ninety five. <laughs> the house size of four ninety five. The house size of ninety five South on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I, I've right. spent my entire life doing Thanksgivings in the area, so I just, I it just Pot- Potomac makes me feel warm like Thanksgiving. Like that's how much I love watching it. That's. I absolutely love it. I love watching and Googling where they go. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, that's my place. I'm about to go there. I've gotten a couple of good spots from that. So shout out to them. Right. I appreciate whenever they don't give me the title of the place. I get mad. I'm ready to tweet somebody. I'm like, well, what if we want to know where they got that beautiful drink? What if I want to go get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. The episode where Wendy had the sip and see for her daughter, Arthi brought up the yeah. point that Robin only got there on time because she had to travel a lot less because Arthi knew where both of those places, like she knows where Robin was and she knows where that event was. It was a direct, direct, she didn't even have to get on the beltway. She could take the inner roads to get into only and Silver Spring. So she got there before everybody else because yeah. she didn't get and on track. Why, I'm always saying that's why Robin is so late because they do everything in DC yes. on the side of DC. And Robin lives outside of Baltimore. That's right. a trip. And then they make her fly out of DCA and she has to pass yes. the largest international yes. airport to get there. Right. Yes. Yeah, she might she, as well be actually go. She could go to BWI and fly out much quicker. And she could do everything in Baltimore much quicker. But that's why she misses flights. They have it on the other <laughs> side of the Beltway. And that's no way that I would be late too. That's how it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're always shaming her. I feel for Robin because yeah. I'm like, don't shame her. You guys just live really far away. But also, I mean, Robin's a mess and I love her. All right. So Potomac. <laughs> so on this week's episode of Potomac, the ladies went on a trip to Portugal without Monique. So Karen and Monique meet, as we discussed, at Silver Diner. Okay. Look like they have a delicious spread between the two of them. And Karen tells Monique that they're going to Portugal and Monique is not invited. And the thing that I noticed about this is that, so, you know, I actually appreciated that Monique was like, hey, I'm not going to hold it against you if you want to be friends with Candace or if you want to be friends with me, like, it's fine. I was like, hey, that's so mature of Monique to say that. Because the interesting thing was, Karen doesn't own anything that she said, really, because she does not come at Monique the way she came at Candace. Did you guys notice that? Like that's why she's queen. She <laughs> knows how to stir the pot without putting the ladle in. I guess to me, I read that. <laughs> to me, I read that as Karen. Karen definitely is like maybe a little bit scared of Monique, and not scared, but like I think that she's more intimidated by Monique. I think she feels like she has more authority to talk to Candace in whatever way and be honest to Candace like yes. a baby. I- Right. definitely think she has more I think I don't know if she necessarily if I would um believe that she felt intimidated by Monique as much as she felt like Monique is more of her equal yes um versus Candace not so much like she is like I this woman is younger she is um definitely not at the level that she probably that Karen probably thinks she could be and wants to kind of counsel her and be like you know the big sister the auntie type and so I think she definitely feels like she has a little bit more grace when it comes to what Candace does because she can influence that more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monique, I don't think you can influence. No, no, I think Monique <laughs> yeah. has generally made up her mind. The ladies are packing and there's just a lot of a lot of packing footage, general Bravo packing footage, but Ashley is packing and Ashley and Michael have a conversation. And now 
Ashley says to Michael, are you going to behave while I'm gone? And while she's talking to him, Michael like lifts up little baby Dean and like puts him up against his face, like next to his face, like, oh, look how cute we are. And all that really did was just amplify how not cute Michael is. Like I saw how cute baby Dean was and I was like, Jesus Christ, Michael, you are hideous. And then they cut to Ashley and Ashley's eye was bleeding. Yeah. This is such a stressful conversation. Ashley's no. actual like her va- like you, you, like she had popped a blood vessel. I remember that being on um oh, on uh I didn't know she that. had on social media oh at the God. time that she had popped the blood vessel. I was like, girlfriend around the same time as she had like had a, a a milk duct infection like a little bit later. I'm like, girl, you going through a lot, yeah. and this man is out here cheating on you. Leave him, <laughs> yes. leave him. Your body is breaking down from the stress. Yes. His entire face looks like it's a blood vessel that's been. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused on the baby, I did not pay attention to Ashley. But I, I was just wondering. They made up so quickly and so fast. I'm so jealous of that. Like he did something hideous and then they just had a couple of conversations and they seem to have made up within a couple of well, weeks. Well, girl, <laughs> you, you got to get that paycheck for Bravo. So it's like, you have to get this show on the road, I guess. And I guess, yeah. I mean, their conversation, their, their relationship is wild. So we also find out that Ashley is super close to Monique specifically because Monique knew that Ashley and Michael had an open relationship prior to Ashley telling the rest of the girls. And Ashley writes a statement about Candace and the knife fight, the butter knife fight, or the butter knife incident, um, you know, to kind of talk about uh, Candace's character for Monique for this um, lawsuit, or I guess charges. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. And then she says she did it because the Samuels had her back. Let me tell you something. Okay. The Samuels have footage of Michael doing all kinds of groping. Like, absolutely. It's, it's like without a doubt without a doubt without a doubt and it's so obvious that like ashley is only being nice to monique because of that and i i 100 believe that monique is a little late to learning how to play the game because monique isn't as slick as like a giselle or a karen right like she's still trying to figure out figure it out because she does she is shady and she says really funny shady shit but I don't think that she can navigate it as well as the other women because obviously she popped off. She decided to, you know, drag a bitch. And like, so she doesn't have that kind of like that skill set that like Giselle does. But I think she's slowly coming around to it. And she saw a partner in Ashley because Ashley's like, she's like the kid's sister that they like make fun of all the time. And so I think she said, you know what? Giselle's not that nice to Ashley. I'm going to get Ashley on my side. She also did try it with Giselle, I noticed. Mm-hmm. I think that was because she really didn't want Giselle to expose everything about this rumor. I think that's why she got so mad at Monique because it was rumored that Giselle was going to bring all this to light last reunion and then at the last minute chose not to, which is why we get her and Giselle having these filming scenes at the beginning of the season where they're at Founding Farmers and having like a whole lunch and planning something for Ash. Yeah. Because she's right. like, oh, yeah, let me get on your side. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I will film with you because they always say you can only stay on the show as long as people will film with you. I think she's making nicey nice with everyone because she was trying to bury this rumor. Mm. And because 
Candace, who she didn't think she had to worry about. I think she genuinely thought she had to worry about Giselle. Yeah. And if Giselle is on her good side and they're, you know, making nice and planning things for Ashley, she doesn't have to worry about her. And then she didn't think she had to worry about an actual friend of hers who is bringing around an ex-friend of hers who is seemingly still really out to get her. I mean, Sharice is thirsty, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, Monique, you did this too. Yeah. You tried to do this to Giselle. Yes. Of course Giselle was going to try to take get you back with this. You did this to her when you brought around her, boy, at the time, boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. Yes. And you had her film. Yes. So Giselle bringing up this trainer is not any is not far out. Here's the thing. If she, she brought... Um, you know, Cherise and she brought Giselle's uh, boyfriend's ex and all that to the show. She tried it with Giselle. And then if you do that with Giselle, you should be ready for Giselle mm-hmm. to get back at you. And when she does, you don't react. You should brush it off like Karen does and just laugh it oh, off. But she reacted and that's where she's not able to take, she gave it, but she couldn't, she is not able to take it. So I'm very concerned that there's some kind of truth to this. Yeah. Because she is working <laughs> overtime to get none of this on air. And it's going to come out. I mean, it, it, yeah. she's yeah. going to bring it all at the reunion. I think she's not going to stick around. I think she this is going to be her last season. I think she's going to try to choose to do that. Yeah, her reaction says that there must be some truth to it because she, otherwise she would have just laughed off and said, Giselle, you're being messy. That's not true. But she is reacting so over the top to this that you feel that maybe there is something there. You don't pop off like that if you don't believe that something's true. Speaking of, so the ladies go to Portugal and the big discussion in Portugal is what's going on with Jamal and Giselle? And obviously, Karen brings this up because she wants to go all in on Giselle. And I mean, who would blame her? I don't blame her. I think that's absolutely on par with the way that these Housewives shows work and they should work. But Karen questions if Jamal and Giselle are real. And she's insistent that Jamal should be a part of the circle in Potomac, which basically is code for like, why isn't he filming with us? Right. That's basically what. Karen's trying to get it. Right. Is he serious? Is he going to move to Maryland? Does this even mean anything? No, of course he's not. Yeah. Yeah. They have that ass house church hug at the airport. Like, there's no fucking way that they're doing anything with each other. I don't believe that. (laughs) I don't believe that any of that is really that real. I think they might even just be, like, best buds. I think that Giselle knows what's going on with Jamal and, like, his philandering ways. And I don't think that Giselle is really in a true, like, isn't there a picture of them on Instagram where she's, it's like the plot in the storyline or something like that? Like they're literally wearing t-shirts. <laughs> Giselle does love to get literal. She does. Her. She loves to have very literal t-shirts. And so, yeah. you know, Karen's basically questioning whether or not the relationship is real. And let me tell you again, nobody would pop off this hard and get so defensive if it didn't strike a nerve and if it wasn't a little bit real. And what really shook me was the fact that Robin later on says that she's never met Jamal. That's crazy to me because she's been friends with Robin for decades. And the man has been the kid's father for decades. Yes. And it blew my mind. And is he really just never around his kids? That's that's trash. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know he's trash, but Karen came to play at this dinner because she ordered a glass of milk. She was like, nope, I'm keeping all my senses. 
I'm going to make sure you get drunk and I'm going to ask you questions. It was amazing. <laughs> Candace goes, does that cow smell? And I was like, yeah, same, same question. Like what? There's just a tall glass of milk at the table. And I was like, yeah, Karen is amazing. We also find out that Wendy was named after Wendy's. And she is truly That's the- hilarious. Oh my God. That was that was the cutest story. I did not expect it. Nobody, I think, around the table expected that story to go there, especially when she started talking about how she's an immigrant and everybody was like, oh yeah, she's going to talk about the four degrees again. And, and she then- did. She was like, it's about, you know, it, so let me tell you a little story yeah. about my degrees. And I'm like, oh, that was tongue in cheek. She was trying to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, I know y'all yeah. are going to be talking about this. So let me just say one more thing. Surprise, right. that's not what I'm talking about at all. <laughs> Like, it yeah, was very, made, very cute. That made me like her so much. I mean, I've been on the fence like Karen with Wendy since the beginning, but this particular moment warmed me up for her. Yeah. It's okay. She can, she can take a joke. She understands. She knows what's happening and that she has spoken about her degrees way too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like trying to save herself from going down that path again. Yeah, and also on the topic of like her trying too much with the degrees, I have to say, because this is like such a non-important thing, but it just keeps coming up and it drives me crazy because I really like Wendy. But Wendy is coming too hard for Karen about this stuff. Like, I think I think Wendy is having a private experience. I think that she is feeling some type of weight internally and she is just coming too hard for Karen. Like, why do you need Karen's approval? My theory for that is that Wendy thought since she knew Karen from before that she would be the one that welcomed her the most. And she's been That's a great shocked. point. She's shocked that for some reason, Karen is not quite welcoming. And she's also realized that Karen is sort of, she's basically the star of this franchise. And she's like, why won't you like me? What have I done to not for you to not like me? And the more she tries, the more Karen gets aloof and that's driving her nuts. Yeah, yeah. I also think Karen is weirdly insecure around Wendy and I wish she wasn't. And I don't really understand why she is. The idea that as soon as Wendy got there, she was like, oh, never heard of her. Don't know her at all. Yeah. And Wendy's like, girl, we were on the same board. The board got like eight people. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, we do know each other. We've served together multiple times. And it was like an unnecessary rudeness. And Karen felt like she had to be like, oh, no, you have to earn your spot. You don't just get to come and kiss this ring. And I honestly think it's because Wendy it, it, it is some kind of rehashing of Karen's life powerful husband Mm -hmm. she's in a lovely marriage she has kids and she's taking care of her kids and everything like that just so happens that also Wendy has a million degrees and she's very smart and accomplished on her own right which is something that Karen's just doing now and she's it's like costing her her family it's costing her 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 marriage in order to have that and I think that Karen is weirdly insecure about it and Wendy needs too much validation that it's a little it's a little insecure as well mm -hmm. right that's what I was going to say Karen's insecure made her aloof and act like that but then because karen is acting like that it's actually making wendy insecure too. yeah she's craving for karen to it's re- her but, and, and there's and really like no her. reason for karen to not like her other than she was like i think that she's gonna come in here and try to act all nice to me or be uh, on my level and she's not this is my show we used to be on the right, same exactly team, this is my show we're not on the, the board anymore and that's what i'm right. like karen but that was so unnecessary i think it was a, a unnecessary rudeness wendy was not expecting that but i I also think that it's yet another older woman 
who is disapproving of her no matter how great she yes. is, like her husband's mom. Yeah. Exactly. Oh exactly. And husband's mom is this yes. elder woman oh, I love who this. is this grand dom of everything. Yes. She's very major in the in the in the Nigerian community. And she and for no matter what reason, Wendy is not good enough for her. Huh. She's not smart enough. She's not accomplished enough. And she is like, I have four degrees, two kids, a loving husband. I don't rely on him. What else do you want from me? There's literally nothing more I can do. And she's like, how dare any other woman reject me? Mm-hmm. Like she's, right. I think it's, it's, it's hitting home to her how yeah. easy it is to reject her. She can't just write off his mom anymore as just like not being accepting if another woman in the same age group think is the same way. Right. Well, I think what's interesting that I think, Mani, I think you hit it on the head is that we all sort of have, we get triggered based on some sort of, this is like, this is like serious cycle, like serious cycle analytics right now, but triggers as that happen as an adult are truly because it hits some sort of mm-hmm. inner child that feels some type of way, right? Like that's really what it is. And so when you grow up in a community, especially where you are told that the, the mm-hmm. opinions of elders, especially matter a lot at what the community says about you especially matters a lot and here is Wendy coming into a space where there is truly an elder that's what Karen is and like you said Monty she probably is around Eddie's mom's age there's a woman who does not approve of her and there it is again right there it is again feeling like what else can I do to make sure that every elder in every community in every space respects me and that's thing I think she's she's definitely having She's, there's a lot d- deeper issues that Wendy is tar- triggering right now in her inside of her. And it's, I think it even goes even deeper. That's how she came so hard at Ashley because it was about her kids and th- their grandmother hasn't even met them. Right. Mm. And she's doing everything she can to be this like amazing mother for her kids and for it to be not an option to leave her newest baby at home. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, she's trying to like work overtime to be the perfect mom because she's risked so much. And her husband has risked so much for this family and her home. And I'm not saying Eddie's like this, but I could see someone like Wendy being like, what if my husband sees this and sees it was an option for me to bring Cameron and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like he has to now do all this. And Mm. I think she's very, Mm -hmm. she's very cognizant of at any point because he is a lawyer, which means they live in logic. She's a professor. They live in logic. And so she's like, as much as she loves her husband, there is a possibility that one day they could separate or they could be divorced. God forbid. And there's a resentment that could happen if I gave up my family for you. I did all these things for you. And she's, I think she's very aware of that possibility. And she works overtime to make sure that he never will resent her. And she's trying very hard to do that, like by not only relying on his money, by not spending too t- too much time away from her the, the kids. No matter how many things she's doing, we see her giving them lessons and they're learning yeah. about their roots. They're keeping up with Nigerian tradition. She's making sure that they're good boys. Like she's constantly involved in the home, and so he can never say that he gave up something and she didn't do the return. And for him to look and see that, oh, Ashley has a baby, mm. and she's like, well, I could have mm-hmm. had my baby. I could have kept up with my great mothering. I could have been on time with everything that I want to do, and not felt in secure about leaving my kid because no one gave me this option and I think that's why she went so hard at Ashley and yet another person being like I think she saw a bad mother to Ashley's good mother and I think she was very worried about that because she doesn't want to ever be perceived that way she's also another one who's very worried about perception yes very much so because it's all about perception to her community to 
of the audience, um, you know, on Fox News and CNN and, you know, all, and in the show, she wants to be perceived as the role model that people can look up to, but she's not in this particular arena. It's Karen who rules the roost. So it's kind of um, hard for her to come to terms yeah. with that and understand that. that she's not the top dog here. And that's, uh, that's kind of hitting her hard, I feel. And the whole Ashley thing was more of, I, I thought she was at, at first, she was more angry at the production, at production for not letting her know she could have brought her kid too. I think she was mad at her for not extending yeah. it to her and, and production, mm -hmm. yes. But Monique didn't give her that option and it's her home. Right. And she's like, I can't yell at the woman who's hosting it and I can't yell at my employer. So I'll just yell at her. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Ashley, also, one other thing that happened in this episode is that Ashley obviously had this pep talk with Michael before she left. And when she's there, she calls Michael and Michael does not pick up. So she finally, first of all, my question is, why aren't you sharing your location with each other? Okay. Your husband already cheated on you. So like, let's change that up. Secondly, she calls Michael and she can't find him. She finally gets him on the phone and she's asking him all these questions. And this man says, this man says, and it blew my mind, this man <laughs> says to her on the phone, he says, I can't be molested like this. I said, sir, oh my God, how dare you use that kind of language? Oh, oh my God. Right? Like, how do you, how did you even come up with that word? It must be very top, choice. top of mind, tip of the tongue for you. I mean, yes. I'm like, he's, I said he's from Australia. They speak English, and unless that's another slang word that I just don't know about, which uh, don't think it is. Um, yeah, I don't really understand where he got that from. Um, the fact, I mean, not even harass. We went straight to like the worst kind of harassment. Right. <laughs> oh God, I was like, you know what? That those are choice words, but you know, apparently they make up. After a little bit, I said, all right, Ashley, you do you. I guess this makes you happy. Secure that bag with your second baby. It's fine. But all in all, I love Potomac. I think it's still just so funny. And also yeah. on the topic of Karen, I want to say that if I was for some reason, I don't know why I would be, but if I was ever in the same social circle as Karen Huger, I would absolutely want her to be my friend. And if she didn't like me and she ignored me, I would also be really, really upset. <laughs> like, yeah. I have to of that group, I'd want her to like me the most. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. aspirational friendship. <laughs> she is. It must be like super fun to be around Karen and watch her in real life go through uh -huh. emotions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the other magic, obviously, that happened this week is Salt Lake City premiered yesterday. Now, Mani, you were able to watch the premiere earlier and you were able to get on a Zoom with the ladies from Salt Lake City. Yes. First of all, for, for a premiere episode, this was masterfully crafted. It was such a good episode. There was so much stuff. We learned so much about these women that are just like, it, I feel like these are the most multi-layered women that we've seen so far on Bravo. Like I, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, whatever, they look like they all get the same plastic surgery. We know why they all get it at Heather's place. But like, I wasn't really interested, but my God, are these this women is, fascinating. This is an acid trip for sure. But yes. But also, I heard rumors, and maybe Manny, you know, that first the producers were Beverly Hills producers trying to put together something. And then in the end, somewhere along the line, they decided to take all of that and give the production uh, rights to the 
producers of New York. And that's why they have like footage from three months ago. Mm. Yeah, I have talked about this on my show that the the production timeline is a bit um, all over the place because uh, for instance, like Whitney's wedding was filmed as like an event. Normally for Beverly Hills or the West Coast entirely, that would be the finale. Absolutely. We would have gotten that as finale even if we never knew them, that kind of a big party. We never would have gotten this early and definitely not in an introduction scene as like a hi this is us not that kind of not that kind of footage and yeah they did have to switch production companies um pretty much close to the end they had pretty much wrapped and then they switched production companies and they kind of like did a little bit more b-roll and that's what took so long because this was filmed a while ago yeah. A while ago. I mean, the Vanderpump Rules people were there like a while ago. And that was towards the end of their of their season of filming. Um, when Lala took the girls to uh Salt Lake City. Um, that was months and months ago. So for them to, you know, have to fire at the last minute or you know, replace production crews, that's almost unheard of. But Bravo was like, listen, it's a pandemic, so we gotta make this good and we gotta make this count. People are at home doing nothing else but watching so we really need to give them something to watch and um also people were starting to go back to work at that point so shows were starting to repick up production and i think bravo that we can't just give them anything we actually have to make it worth something otherwise we're gonna have an oc in our hands where Mm -hmm. um where it's you know scratching at straws and this is like the first time we're really seeing something that was shot more real time that it won't have to do with COVID this late in the year that we're watching it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was really so- important because Atlanta's not going to have that. Potomac is the mm-hmm. only one and that's because it filmed last year. The only thing that's yep. been filmed this year that we're seeing this year that may not have to do with COVID or it was Solid City was filmed last year, but we're seeing it in more real time. And it's, this is the only show everything else from now on, we're going to have to address it. Yes, exactly. Um, They just, the way that it was crafted I think was great I don't know if every episode is going to be this good I was just really into every single thing oh the they gave a lot really it was super sized I was very shocked there was so much to unpack they gave us like two or three events we had events we had parties we saw homes we went on tours we saw businesses we saw kids we saw husbands we saw fashions unreasonable fashions heather's heels in the middle of the snow on the gravel walking like a half mile to get to jen's house jen's moving all the furniture for one party for a person that isn't even herself and she's holding it at her house and it has nothing to do with Meredith and get everything to do with Jen and it just makes me laugh and we get a wedding and there's a stripper pole and then there's a fight and then we actually have dynamics like Heather versus Lisa and then Jen versus Mary I'm like this is a lot for 49 minutes this is how a season premiere should happen where you can quickly see that each of these women have so much to give and so that I could see like three or four years worth of drama for each of these women and plus, plus, you know, all of these, plus a crazy woman marrying her step-grandfather. Yeah. And I, and the funny thing is that there was so much hype around Mary, right? And her situation with her grandpa. We talked about it for like a second. It, it literally came up for a second when we learned a little bit about Mary. But there was so much other stuff about the other women that Mary's story about being married to her step-grandpa was just like, it was... It was obviously it was like impactful, but 
against all of the other things that were happening, I was like, okay, yeah. Like I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to roll with it. Let's do this. I'm on board. Let me hear about your crazy ass relationship with your step grandpa. Who's now your husband. Like I was just, it was just sewn in really well. Like, whereas, you know, with Beverly Hills, they say like one thing and then there's dramatic music and you look at everybody's face and I feel like half of Beverly Hills is just a lot of that. There's a lot of like weird, like super soap opera like takes on it. And on this, it was like New York level, like boom, 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 like one after the other. And I loved it. So right off the bat, who did you like the most and who did you not like the most? Um, Right off the bat, I loved um, Jen and Heather. I felt that Jen is very polarizing and instantly I was like, oh, people are either going to love her or absolutely Mm -hmm. not like her. And that's how I like my housewives. I like them more Mm -hmm. like Penelope and Nini's. I like them more like either you are obsessed or you are like, they are the devil. Like I left them very much Mm -hmm. so, oh, they're okay. I don't like, okay. I don't want that. So Mm -hmm. I love Jen and Heather um so far I like the whole cast except Meredith I feel like is already over it and I don't know how because we only just met her um and I got the same kind of vibes on the the live zoom call I was texting people um from the you know the Bravo influencer world who were also watching together we were all texting each other while on the at the zoom premiere party like is Meredith okay like she seems like she's over it like she seems annoyed and her and Lisa do seem like they're the most conservative like the most um the most pretentious of the bunch they're the ones who are like you must kiss this ring that I don't even think that either of them at least not Lisa is even still in the church but she still acts the most church adjacent that means Um, something to her because she has a tequila company don't know if she drinks it or not think she does so I don't know if she's in the church still but she does seem to have the most amount of care for how the church is how she's regarding the church and the church regards her even if she's not in it anymore I think she still practices in some way or another because she seems to really care about how Heather you know is adjacent to her and she's like yeah no that's a that was a party girl and I'm like y'all mm-hmm. want to be you you have to sign a freaking honor code I know that like yeah. there's no way she was that much of a party girl but I like Lisa oddly I really do she is an amazingly nice woman and she sent me um some of her tequila which is actually fantastic oh. and so um I absolutely enjoy that I love anybody who's willing to have a good time and I'm the good time girl um but <laughs> yeah are you a good time girl? A good time girl I like Heather and I like Jen and on at the premiere party they were also the most fun like they were the yeah. most fun I love their energy Jen was like all the black people in Utah are in my family because there's not that many and I laughed my <laughs> ass off and she's like people are friends with me because they think I'm black Heather was like that was me I thought she was black I didn't know I died so I was like okay I love them I think they're very fun and um I think I'll probably like Whitney but I hope she brings it as much as they are uh casting her to bring you know what I mean like I feel yeah. like they casted her to be, be like the wild girl and the young hot girl and I just want her to give me that energy because I didn't get it yet from the first yeah episode. yeah Which is the one that slid down the pole in front of her dad right right yeah. so that was, a, that was good it was a good start but I want more I mean Jen is like fresh out of the bag I love plastic surgery I'm here to stir shit up I don't really care I'm my best mm-hmm. friend owns a plastic surgery bar or whatever and I'm gonna go get my Botox because I'm mm-hmm. lucky like I like that she's very painfully honest about her personality 
Like right. yeah. Whitney yeah. is uh, supposed to be the casted, you know, good time girl as well. But she, the first thing we meet of her is we were kicked out of the church because we were in love. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. also yeah. because you slide down poles. Yeah. Romper. Yeah. And you weren't just in love. You were having an affair with somebody who's 18 years older than you. And if you were wearing your prom dress at your wedding, uh how old were you when you probably got married fresh out like it's probably the only nice dress she had because she oh got from a couple years ago it's wild it's so crazy but um and and whitney's dad i feel like he's gonna become like a meme favorite because that man's hair steve's <laughs> hair is it a wig i don't know What's happening? Is it a choice? Is it 2001? And I'm at an emo concert for My Chemical Romance. Like, I don't know, but I loved it. I was like, we're just going to accept this. Like, it was weird because the dad, the uh, Whitney's dad looked like Whitney from Southern Charm. Like, first. He did. He he did have that, like, (laughs) that, like, Victorian vampire ghost vibe. That's that's the vibe he gave off. But I, yeah, me too. I like uh, Heather and Jen. I think Jen is over the top, ridiculous, much like Karen. But at the end of the day, I think she is a little bit sensible and cares about some of her friends. And then Heather seemed just like a very sensible. She had a good head over those broad shoulders. I think she's (laughs) very sensible. And uh, I liked her a lot. I think there's, uh, I think she can, she has a lot of stories to tell so and Whitney was the least interesting to me but she made the bold choice of starting the season with a wow the new world when that you know everybody knows that's like season three or four yeah yeah and <laughs> also a vow renewal on Bravo usually means that you're headed for divorce nobody Correct. does a, bra- a vow renewal on Bravo who likes stays together we were really and- touching go over there with um doctor what's her name from married to medicine Simone and she divorced almost they yeah 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 so you know it's real that's the best reunion I've ever seen where they actually reunite like they got a whole couple to stay married married to medicine is amazing I was shocked I was like wow they really (laughs) put them back together okay I cried when I watched that yes I like had heard all this hype it was on my DVR I watched it one night like back to back and I was sobbing by the end I was like what is this this is the best show ever Simone you're a monster I'm so glad you're back together with your husband I totally feel it like I get it I've been there but yeah I um out of these girls though I have to say for sure I'm with you guys on Jen and Heather because I think in this day and age if you are starting to you're going to be cast as a housewife on Bravo today in 2020 okay you know what you're signing up for and you know the kind of woman you want to be and you know what's going to make you popular and you know what's going to get you going like Meredith that's my issue with her is like she seems very much like I'm above this and I'm just here to talk about my businesses her son seems like a gem I want more of her son on my screen but like she just seems over it and I I wasn't, I just wasn't vibing with her. I was like, this is, you're not like an early seasons housewife. This is not 2008 that you are just starting a new housewife franchise. This is 2020. Like if you're going to be on Bravo, you need to bring it. And I love that about Jen. And I love that about Heather. I love their relationship. I love that Jen talks about 
you know, being Hawaiian and being married to a black guy and being Mormon and not realizing until she talked to him five years into them being married that black people weren't allowed <laughs> in the Mormon community. And like now that she's she's like, you know, converting to Islam or she is Muslim. It was like fantastic. It was I loved it because she's over the top like a Nini, like a late seasons Nini. But you still saw early seasons Nini when she's sitting and talking to her sons. Like that's what I loved. And it's ironic because I believe she and Nini don't get along. Uh, yeah. I believe there was a feud between Jen Shah and Nini. But um, that sounds about right. But I mean, yeah. it doesn't even matter because Nini's not even on the on the on, employed anymore by the network. So but it's actually a good certificate to follow Jen Shah. If Nini doesn't like you, then you have something going on there. Yeah, if you um, can piss Nini Lisa. Yeah. There's like not a lot of big heavy hitters in the housewives world anymore. Um, some they're all like kind of soft now. Like there's no more LVP, there's no more Nene, there's no more right. Bethany. So we don't really know who these girls will get along with in the grand scheme of things. But also COVID's gonna go on for probably way longer than it should. So if we even get a Bravo Con or anything like that, we won't really know who will hit it off. I would yeah. love to see them do a new type of you know roundabout thing with um the girls and like so like, you know how like, they all went up against Ramona that I would mm -hmm. love to see that like with the who gets along with the with the Jin Shaws of the bunch or something like that that would be very yeah. fun yeah, yeah yeah for sure and um I love the thing that I loved about Heather is because she does talk about like growing up Mormon and being a quote-unquote purebred pioneer Mormon and then choosing to you know, pave her own path. And when she's talking to her daughters about it, like, it's not easy raising Mormon daughters when you're somebody who kind of leaves the Mormon church. And she has this great mix of like, respecting being Mormon and being raised Mormon, and then also respecting who she is. But she yeah, she's trying to be a different face of it. I think largely, she's been kind of pro Black Lives Matter, when as mm -hmm. the Mormon church has been uh, historically mm -hmm. racist she's been pro lgbtq mm -hmm. when as the mormon church has been historically not um very homophobic and you know the pioneer thing people had a very mixed reaction to the to the to the tagline because it's mm -hmm. like girl don't play up the whole pioneer thing they're mm -hmm. literally not great uh what they had yeah. to do to you know native americans <laughs> yep. slaves, yes. all the above to get that land and claim an entire state practically for themselves that's a lot it's it was a lot so be very careful about that but um i think that that's the whole point she's like i'm trying to be a new face for that and raise my girls with the same values that my family had to raise me but with a little more tolerance because that never hurt anybody yeah yeah, yeah. i love yeah. it i loved it and they definitely all have the same face like a yeah. lot of them have the same face because they're all just going to meredith's and they're like give me that or they're going to heather's place and they're like give me whatever it is that you sell here because i want that face i love it um, right i love it so much i love that jen threw a party that was definitely not for meredith that was definitely <laughs> just for, for this, the viewer to be like, this is Jen Shaw and this is the party that she throws. Um, I'm in love with her son, Rifi. Okay. I love to see a Muslim family on TV. Okay. The only, uh, the other options that we get are usually the Shahs of Sunset, which aren't really helping. No, they're <laughs> not. <laughs> they're really not. Um, but I just loved it. I loved all of that. But Mary, okay. We got to talk about Mary. Okay. So Mary. Mary, was Mary on the Zoom that you were on? She was not. Her and Whitney were not there. Oh. Because oh. I don't know what that woman 
would she's be also like still private like you can't tag her and things on instagram yeah. it seems someone said like why would the person with the most amount of secrets go on a reality show it seemed right. very strange very sketch she did bring it up with Teresa on their instagram live the other night she's like so I know weird so I crazy love by the to way say that i'm incest or whatever and i think Teresa genuinely had no idea what the fuck was going on i think i don't even know who you girl? are like i don't know <laughs> anything about because Teresa don't know anything about her own show she doesn't know anything so yeah. i would imagine she was very lost and confused and mary keeps trying to address it and to me she's oversharing i mean she said it in the premiere like you know it was in my grandmother's will that I remarry the man. And I said today on my podcast, I believe, allegedly, there could be some thing at play where if you, you know how when you marry your spouse, you cannot testify against each other. And mm -hmm. I think that for you to marry someone who was married to your Ooh. grandfather or your gra your grandmother to inherit a church and a business a church it really got me because i grew up in a black church and not pentecostal they're very very rigid so that's what i'm saying is there's there could be something shady happening that it if she wanted it and wanted the money wanted to carry on the tradition she had to keep him in there so that the man never could testify against mm -hmm. her so yeah. that made sense to me because otherwise why would you need to keep a man in the family that was younger than your grandmother when she married him but also for what reason other than if he's gonna sing like a canary yes exactly there's exactly. genuinely no reason why you would need to marry a man to have a church None no Not no even a little bit there's nothing no. that he can offer the church because usually female ministers but ministers in general especially female ones they are not supposed to be married especially pentecostal it doesn't hurt her to not be a married woman as a pastor she's not yeah. a man in that way so and in the will the first lady yeah and in the will what was stopping her grandma from just giving her the like giving her the church in the will like if that was the case you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if it was the grandma's church then she could have just given it to the daughters whatever but i agree also mary's fashion yeah that's not good, good. not great no. we're, we're like in giselle territory so i um, mean i think it's beyond giselle just her look that she wore to jen's party i mean she looked insane she had that like seafoam green beautiful color uh, dress but it was but like not, not the her. right dress not on her she had a weird duffel bag she was also holding what looked like a water bottle like a giant one I caught it and I'm going to post it on Instagram she also had on white tights and black shoes and I could see like her bra straps and she was so excited about telling everybody that it was like off the runway and I was like ma'am you look insane but that also again for my television viewing okay I need that kind of delusion I do I think that me keeps things really interesting because like Jen and and Heather seem still like they have a good head on their shoulders. There still seems to be some sort of logic there, right? I love a person that is just so cuckoo that like there's no amount of like talking that is gonna like help them get back into the right path of seeing where they may have fucked up. Like even with the story where Jen doesn't like her anymore because she told Jen that Jen smells like a hospital <laughs> after Jen's aunt had to have her both legs amputated. It's the whole thing is so crazy. I mean, they're both the, delusional in that in that regard. I mean, she oh, said it was very insensitive. Jen is like, are you making fun of my aunt? And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. You heard it wrong. And I love the narcissism of them both. 
It's yeah. very important to me. Now, where I really did get off with Mary, though, because at first it was funny, and then she went on like this rant in her confessionals about how the grandma, or the aunt, was like so unhealthy and eat drink water and don't lose your limbs. I'm right. like, well, did you mean it to insult her? Yes. That's what it sounds like. So it sounds like maybe Jen was picking up on that, and she didn't want to say that because she didn't want to bring that to light on the show because it's about her aunt. But Mary was like, I don't understand like why she's mad at me when she should be mad at her aunt for not drinking enough water. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so for me, in all respects, regardless of the fact that Mary has all the stories and we want to see what all that is about, I, I, I got very uncomfortable with Mary. Mm. Like, um, everything about Mary seems so shifty that I feel like we are co-signing and watching something or somebody who is very problematic in real life, who's probably abusive or has done a lot of fraud. And then if we just give her this platform, we are co-signing with it. That's the feeling I got out of mm -hmm. that. So she's the one that I didn't quite, I didn't quite enjoy in that sense, but as a reality star that you want to see, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a train wreck. She was a train wreck. And in so that I think, sense, it, yeah, sure. I think it's important to also see the way the producers present her to us, right? Because there is something to say about like, oh, when somebody like Thomas Ravenel is on TV and we're yuck yucking it up with him and Chef going on a, you know, going yeah. out to a bar, it does feel like we're co-signing this problematic mm -hmm. behavior. But I think with her, what I think is going to be interesting is seeing the way that she's presented. Because I don't believe that the Bravo producers are going to present her in a way that is going to be positive yeah. like even the fact that they put that thing in the confessional of her talking that shit like they would not have put that in there if they didn't already want us to know that she's she's not she's not an okay person like yeah, and she's on outs i mean whitney had to like slide it by her and i was like oh shit i shouldn't have told you that so we already yeah. know she's on the outs i think they're doing that on purpose just in case people don't like her where like we already casted her but like we know that she's not the one to watch for yeah okay so now i feel i feel bad for her why are they doing the black woman uh, you know nasty year? why even why even sign her up and then bring her on and make um, her i believe it's because she's i believe she's racist I believe she's racist, like to her own, yeah. like to her own. There's a oh, wow. there's a self loathing okay. there. I think that that's what happens is like there's a couple of times in the trailer I've been able to deduce that between Jen and Mary, Jen gets very uncomfortable because of things Mary says about her husband. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's like, how can you be this way? Like, I don't know how I'm defending racism against a black woman as a non-black woman. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I think she's like very confused as to how this is happening. And I think they want us to be on the side of Jen and Wright so that Bravo doesn't get in trouble. And they're giving her the Monique treatment before she's even done anything wrong. Like she's already not invited at first and is an oversight to a party in the first 25 minutes of a show. And yeah, you don't even like know the, why. Yeah, I and, and knowing that this is all being shot after months of already shooting. So there's obviously something that has happened with Mary that Bravo feels that there it's time to take that route with her already on the first episode. So yes. yeah, oftentimes, I mean, I know that in our community, this happens in like the South Asian community where you do have people that are like self-loathing in that mm -hmm. way to their own people, right? And you can sometimes tell by the way they dress or the way they talk or the way they look at other people that even though they're part of their community, right? And I think that with somebody like Mary, who has a chock full of problematic things happening around her, 
belongs to a church that we're now finding out on Instagram. There's a great Instagram account. I can't remember what it's called, but they're, it's, it's called like Mary Crosby, like number one fan or something, but it's like not, it's like completely putting all her business in the street, but on it, they're talking a lot about how like, it's a very anti-gay church. It's very problematic. There's a lot of other issues around okay, it. Okay, it's Pentecostal. It's, it's, it's quintessential Pentecostal. And, right, um, it's not oh, just one church. Right, who are, are very aware of what Pentecostal is. It's um, like we call it like holiness. It's very gender specific, gender role specific. It's oh. um, very, that's why all of her outfits are probably going to be floor length or pants. I mean, they really don't, they're really not supposed to wear pants. So as women, so um, I doubt we'll get a whole lot of those, but the, the wow. stockings, absolutely. We're going to get more stockings. Um, they're not really supposed to show a lot of leg. It's supposed to be like skirts down to the floor. They don't show shoulders. That's why in her uh, promo there, she's not showing shoulders. They're supposed to keep a lot of them covered up. Um, as women, um, married or not. And so it's a very, it's crazy that she's even a woman pastor of a Pentecostal church. That doesn't usually happen, but there are plenty of women ministers in the uh, the Pentecostal community, very similar to the Church of God in Christ, which is like called Kojic. It's, it's very... It's funny because it's not Mormon, but it's it's pretty adjacent, just like another version, right. heavily black. Wow. Right. Yeah. We have a lot of Pentecostals in India as well. So I grew up with a couple of people in my neighborhood that were Pentecostal. And they were super strict with their daughters. And it was very much the dad ruled everything that they wore, yes. what they said, yes. everything. You are the head just, of the house. Yeah, the head of the house and then everything from, you know, they would not celebrate birthdays and they would not celebrate, even Christmas is very subdued. It's not like a, they don't do the kind of Yes, very, very, very modest. Very modest. They had to live very modestly. And that was, and, and they did donate a lot to tr their church. Um, yeah, so yeah. That was, I can see that, but she walking around wearing designer clothes and showing off all of that wealth is- She's only allowed to because of, she is the minister. That's the only reason. Right, but mm -hmm. even as a minister to show off the wealth and wear designer clothes outside is sort of, I have, at least in, in the Indian Pentecostal communities, I haven't heard of that. But, yeah. Um, that, may be, that may be true here, but not really elsewhere. So yeah super strict about yeah. how modest they are wow so yeah. the, the, and the other thing I want to point out which is just like an observation I made is the way that she talks gives me like she's got like that whisper energy that Camille Grammer has but then she like mm -hmm. pops off also in her confessionals the way Camille does you know Camille all of a sudden gets a voice she also seems like she's out of place like she seems out of place in this cast to me so far it just seems like I'm not sure, like, it. I don't know. I don't know if that's just, like, me wanting to see more, like, fabulousness on TV. But it does, I, I understand, Arthi, your point about, like, getting a little bit uncomfortable watching her. Because, mm -hmm. because yeah, it, it was, it's sort of the darkness, right? But also, I love that about Housewives when that happens. I love that about Beverly Hills, that it seems so fabulous. And then there's, like, this sort of dark darkness that that lives in amongst these rich people in like Hollywood right so I love that I'm very excited about it um is there anything else Monty that you want to tell us about what you learned from the zoom call I think it's so fascinating that you got to be on it 
Um, it's, it's that there's definitely some Jen is like the this epicenter of the cast. It seems um, she has the most uh, connections with the most amount of people on there. I do sense some uh, frowned upon behavior from like Meredith onto like Jen and Heather. I think Heather like you know disappoints the the Mormon girls or something like that because she was married to such a prominent family and all that stuff. So I think we'll be, it'll be interesting to see that play out, but um, they were super, super fun. And the, you know, Lisa and Meredith seemed to be the most reserved, but I think that was because Jen and Heather were turning up and they were like, not really <laughs> into that. And so um, one thing I did uh, notice is that Meredith said that, um, her they asked somebody asked her whether uh, what she's if she regrets anything coming out on the show and she said no she's excited for people to learn about her family her son is obviously the light of her life he's amazing we all loved him and then she said that you know she just wishes they were in their permanent home because they were in a home that wasn't permanent at the time so i think that means that they were renting at least for the first part of the season Ah, uh, hmm yeah, because they're also saying that they're like part-timers in Salt Lake City. So I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. as well. Well, um, I believe that we're, I think you have to go and record your other episode now, right? Probably for today. Yeah, I'm going like to eat in the middle and then I'm going yeah, like, yeah. to do it again at eight. I have yeah. to record Bachelorette. I have to and, go and, and see stuff. if my husband was feeding my kids raw pasta. So I don't know <laughs> no. what's going on down <laughs> Thank you so much, Manny, for coming on our Winky Thank you for podcast. having me. We It was so much fun getting yeah. to know you uh and you know noor is the one who turned me on to your podcast and now i listen to it regularly oh love, thank love, you so love. much i really appreciate it love, honestly um, yeah we're just really excited that there's more perspectives on these shows from the viewers yes. that are there because there's a lot of viewers that have been sitting around with opinions on things that happen on reality tv who feel you know, it's not just about watching a bunch of white women on TV. It's a lot more than that. It's the social impact of the things that we watch on reality TV are so deeply interesting to me. And I love hearing the perspective of people of color, um, specifically Absolutely. on those things. So I really appreciate your, you. I love your podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank can you, you tell everybody where me. they can find you? Yeah, right after you listen to this one, you can check me out by follow, uh, listening and searching um, by Mixing with Moni in anywhere you podcast. And you can find me on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, by searching at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. Thank you so, so, so much. We love it. Um, thank you for doing this. We're little, little fish right now. And I know that I just really appreciate people that are coming up and taking the time out to talk to us. That means a lot to me. Of course. Thank you for having me. So that's the episode. Thanks guys so much for listening. My audio was really weird. So we're still figuring out the kinks of that. Apologize for that. But I hope you guys loved it. We had so much fun talking to Mani. She is a breath of fresh air in the Bravo podcasting space. So definitely go and check her out. Um, as always, we are on Instagram and Twitter at the reality is pod. Please subscribe, share, like, leave us a review, send us a DM. If there's something in particular you think that we should cover that's not on Bravo, we'd be happy to do that. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.